brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back into our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now, here is the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Welcome, everybody. All right. Today, we're talking about can this marriage be saved? You know, uh, no one learns how to be married, yet it's the one thing that people do in their lives. How you treat your spouse and your children is a direct reflection of your own relationship with yourself. And if you're a Christian, your relationship with God, you know, that you have this tool, you have this great opportunity to discover trust and deep love and learning how to integrate another person's life into your own. And and if you come from a Christian context, um, you know, the marriage between the spouses is how we love God, depending on how that relationship is going. That's our lesson on earth on how we love God. And then having children is the lesson of how God loves us. It teaches us and supports us and gives us comfort of how God loves us by how we love our children. You know, sadly, men often don't realize that their wives are consistently asking themselves the biggest question is, am I cherished? You know, this is a, a, a global measuring stick for all women across the planet. This is what they look at. Am I cherished? And if I'm not being cherished, who or what are you cherishing? And why am I not the one being cherished? And therefore, what they do is they'll nag you to the end of time. And so oftentimes men go get all upset because their wife is nagging him, but she's nagging them because he's not cherishing her. You know, if your wife does not feel cherished, she'll wonder who you're cherishing. She will never trust you emotionally, at least. And the foundation of what it makes a marriage work is not working on love, it's working on trust. You know, you can love someone and not trust them, but when you trust someone, the love grows and grows. If you have somebody in your life you haven't seen in 10 years and you trust them, you come together and things just take off like a lightning bolt. So when you work on a relationship, what your main job is, is to eliminate every single trust issue that you can possibly have. And if you're both not serious about that, there is a high likelihood that the relationship will either be the most miserable experience you'll ever have or you uh, will be divorced and broke. And so, you know, sadly, people have to give in, you know, uh, is you have to submit yourself to what is required to be married rather than just be married. You know, a lot of people will marry and they do what's called a try and try is uh, not how a person is in any relationship. Not much ever gets done with the try because there's always a back door. And when there's a back door, people will use it. And so the bottom line is marriage is a will or won't proposition. You're either all in or you're all out. And that's just how it goes. And so that commitment that is required is emotional. And that means that we need to match when our spouse is emotional, upset with us, saying horrible things, we need to have compassion for their perception of the truth. That doesn't mean we agree with their truth, but their perception of the truth. If you learn how to be compassionate with emotion, then you can go to logic to logic. But everybody, uh, and, and oftentimes people just want to be right. So, oh, no, 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 it's this way, blah, 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 blah. Did you forget? You know, they want to be right or they want to uh, make you believe that they are 
are right and or that make you agree with them or they want you to believe their perception rather than your own perception. That's not marriage. Marriage is accepting each other's perception, offering empathy for that exception and trying to assist each other in making things better by compromising. So what is this cherished thing? You know, it's I'm so lucky to have her, you know, when and that's that way when you're not with her and when you're away from her. You know, she's my best friend. She's the center of my life. She comes first before me. I don't even know why she picked me. You know, we have to also understand from a man's perspective what they need. You know, uh, one of those uh, things that man needs is to feel respected. That means he has a voice. It doesn't mean you agree with his voice, but he feels like he has a voice in the relationship. Listening does not necessarily equate to agreement. Instead, it means to validate and understand like, I understand. I hear what you're saying. So what you're telling me is this, this, this. You know, while women are often filled with words, men tend to ruminate and often don't enjoy too much verbal communication. And it's a waste of time. So women are, by majority, verbal processors. They need to hear themselves, to think out loud. This is why they process their thoughts with families, friends, spouses, just about anyone who listen to them. And what that means is that they often repeat information as they hone it down to a more mature conclusions. Men ruminate oftentimes. I'm not saying all. It's not all, but it's most uh, men. And, and so without consulting many people. So they'll ruminate. They get an idea and they just think and think and think and think, think about it. They may ask one person they consider to be an expert. And so uh, he may uh, make a decision before he ever presents the idea to his wife, who's an auditory processor, and she's caught off guard going, you mean you're, you, I have to have time to think about this. I have to, how, why are we going to go away the, tomorrow? I, I needed to know something about this. And so, you know, men tend to be proud of their rumination, whereas women are shocked and angry about their rumination. And also the problem is, is that uh, men tend to think soon as a woman opens her mouth, that's time for, she's already processed all this and she's ready to make a choice and I better get all over it and reject it and reject it and, and get all defensive and angry. Well, that causes major problems, you know? So you, you gotta step back, you know? Communication is key to a strong marriage. This calls for the willingness to hear each other's perception, your personal truth, and to ask for intentions. That means we use a what or a how. What made you decide to do this? Instead of banging on the same thing over 20 years, why don't you start to learn about what the intentions were? How did you decide to do this? What was it that made you think that this was going to work out? You know, there's a lot of things in life that don't work out, but if you're gonna ask a man a why or a woman a why question, or especially a child a why question, they're gonna lie to you because it's a motive-based question. And they already know you have a conclusion in the back of your mind and they're waiting for a conflict. And so what they're going to do is they're going to deflect, deflect, deflect. So, you know, if you want to come at intentions, you've got to do it the right way. What or how? That is the best words to use to go at that. You know, if, if you think about communication, you know, we have to go. We can never answer emotion with logic. If you answer emotion with logic, what you're going to end up with is two people never hearing each other. You have to acknowledge an emotional attachment to a particular topic and, and have compassion for that before you can move into logic to logic. 
You know, it's a man's job is to understand that she's communicating earlier in her process. He needs to close his mouth and patiently validate her. She's not arrived at her final conclusions, but this is your job. And she's going to do this with other people, too. You know, you, you have a chance to cherish her. If that's what you're doing is listening to her, that's one of the most important things you can do. And yes, that's a part of cherish. It's your duty to listen to each other in marriage. You know, trust is the building block of your marriage. And when you trust someone, that is what happens to bind the book. And so if you start to attack trust, which people that do things to attack the trust in the marriage are really just attacking the marriage itself, the institution, what holds it all together, they're trying to tear the binder off. Because when they do that, all the pages fly out. You know, let's break it down a little few further. There's another thing called transactional analysis. And what's really important to understand is that most marriages get caught up in the idea of two people parenting each other. And we do that because oftentimes we parent our children and we forget that our spouse is not our child too, even though we may perceive them as a child. So there's three components of two different people, the parent, the adult, and the child, the parent, the adult, and the child. Two people, three components. So a person comes home and goes, you didn't wash the dishes. I can't believe you didn't do this. You messed up my whole evening. Now I've got to do that and this and this and this. This is all your fault. Well, you didn't clean up the laundry and I had to do that. And you didn't do this, this is. So now they start attacking each other and they go up into a crescendo being defensive. And basically they never resolve the argument and they continue to have it and they continue to be passive aggressive. The next thing is, if we want to get to the adult to adult, which is where we all belong in conflict, adult to adult is very simple. You know, I was really disappointed you didn't do the dishes because I've got a lot to do tonight and I'm really tired. Gee, that was awful conflict, wasn't it? You speak to your emotions rather than demonstrate them. Now, most people do that at work, but when they come home, they turn into parent to child because they want power. They don't want respect of their partner. They want power and manipulation and control. And that is the biggest problem. The only thing that we can do with other people in our life is influence them. We cannot control them. And the more you try to control them, the more psychotic you become. You know, if you want to remain in your relationship, you have to treat each other with love and respect. You know, you, you have to recognize I've got defense mechanisms talking over solving, not making eye contact, giving uh, silent treatment, walking away, raising your voice, being scary, using rage and anger, lying, taking no accountability, gaslighting. You need to get rid of all that. You know, these tactics destroy your marriage. And the problem is that these problems are meant for you to make your marriage better. When you're having a conflict with your partner, you're trying to make your marriage better. What's wrong with that? And why get defensive? There's no reason to be defensive when you're trying to make your relationship better. But sadly, in this day and age, accountability is very rare and very hard to find. And so unfortunately, people are being trained that it's okay to avoid conflict and it's okay to gaslight and it's, a, it's okay to not take accountability. Not good. If you're going to be married, it is a covenant, not a contract. It's a covenant. That means a promise before God, before all the people that looked, that watched you, you took vows. That's the covenant. 
the contract is the legal thing that you do to get a divorce and then separate all your income and turn into a broke bum. You know, uh, God is about each person as his child. If we think about that from that perspective, from a Christian perspective, we we have divine intervention. And, and it's helpful when we be if we become defensive with each other, we do not live in the best part of our spirit. And it takes a lot of energy to lie, to be defensive, to deflect. It takes a lot of energy, and not only in the moment, but the next moment, and the next moment, and the next moment that you argue about the same thing over and over and over again. You know, uh, when, when people become defensive, it can be the most destructive thing you can ever find. And it's really important that we understand that we need to love each other. The other thing is intimacy. A lot of people use intimacy as the battleground. You know, we are sexual beings. We have that side of ourselves. We have to reconcile that side of ourselves, and we have to recognize that that is a part of marriage. And so here's intimacy. If you want to maintain intimacy or increase intimacy, you have to understand that around your body is this two-foot space of energy, and you know when people enter that, and it could be a bigger space. Some people are super defensive. But the bottom line is when someone enters that, that is one of your most intimate places. And that intimate place is very important to preserve for yourself. And so your spouse, that two-foot space belongs to your spouse. That means they can enter that space. That reminds you that they're your partner. That reminds you that we're not roommates. That reminds you that we are sexual. It also is an I love you when you enter that space. So it's important, and it and, and doesn't mean you hover over each other, but the people who actually engage each other, they give each other a kiss, touch on the forehead, you know, kiss on the forehead, touch on the back, whatever, you know, touch on the knee, very quick. It doesn't mean you have to hover, but those things are I love yous. You have to remember, in marital communication especially, 70% of your communication is meta-communication, which is nonverbal. And so it's very important. It's also uh, your pre-foreplay uh, is understanding that we come together throughout the day, maybe give each other a hug, whatever, but it kind of takes a temperature on our partner. And that can be a very important component to continue to ignite your sexual desires for each other. And so the other thing is, is that, that as we try to, to make our uh, marriage strong, we have to recognize how lonely are we? Because loneliness will destroy people. They will do dumb things. They will, do, they will make very impulsive decisions to get out of loneliness. People do that. And it's unfortunate. But you know, you've got to have that pre-foreplay. You've got to keep in touch with each other emotionally. Your job in marriage, above everything else, is to be emotionally safe with each other. That means you are the safe harbor that both of you can come back to and replenish. That means you, when you're going in this life, walking through life, wherever you go together, you're both still home because you're home with each other and that emotional space needs to be your sanctuary. People that love high conflict and are nasty and abrasive create a really destructive home life with a lack of emotional uh, attachment because they're so abrasive and so obnoxious. And so what's really important to understand is if you're going to have that ingredient, you need to be humble enough to be open completely with your partner emotionally. It shouldn't be, how was your day? It should be, how do you feel today? 
That's the question you should be asking each other. How do you feel today? That's the most beautiful thing you can do when someone comes home, especially from a hard day, is greet them with a feeling-based question rather than a logic-based question. You know, that's crazy that people do that, but they do. Your job, once again, is emotional safety with each other, which calls for humbleness. It calls for us to back away. When we're being obnoxious, it calls for us to self-monitor, and it also calls for us to be able to have enough peace in our heart to have our intuition and be able to read our partner better. But if we're unsafe with our partner emotionally, we are disrupted. We are disrupted when we come home. We're disrupted when we go to work. We're disrupted throughout our day. We're insecure, and we're lonely, and that's where people are at their worst. We always need to, to presume that each other is well-intended, well-intended people. All right. I wrote a book, and it's called The Good Book of Mental Hygiene. It's out on my website, on our website at Voice America. And if you want to take a look at it, I was using some of the material from my own book. You know, but if you look at marriage, it, it's always got ups and downs. And that's what we're going to talk about in this next segment the ups and downs, and how to handle it. We're going to get down to the nuts and bolts. We were 30,000 feet up. Now we're going to go down. Come back. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. It's time to serve, learn, change the world. Tune in each week for the power of young people to change the world. Hosted by NYLC's CEO, Amy Muirs. The program is a forum for both young people and the adults who love and support them. We make connections with others through stories of change, partnership, and new perspectives of issues facing the world today. Be sure to join us every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time or anytime on demand on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. 
Welcome back, everybody. You know, looking at the ups and downs of marriages, and that's what this program is about, is can this marriage be saved? But, you know, chances are yours has been down for a while. Maybe maybe you've been dealing with an intenseful situation, like a job change, a new baby, COVID, having to care for an aging parent. You know, maybe you're arguing over money or someone cheated or your sex life's gone down the toilet. You know, there's a lot of scenarios that have the potential to send a relationship into a really bad spiral. You know, when it starts to falter the marriage, one thing's for sure, every partner starts putting their personal needs over the needs of their relationship. And, and that can make working through a tough situation almost impossible, especially if they're throwing out the word divorce. Because if you throw out the word divorce, your partner is now secondhandedly, subconsciously and consciously having to figure out what their life's going to look like at a divorce. And they oftentimes start planning for that just in case you drop it again. And so when you drop that bomb, you are dropping a major insecurity into the marriage as to whether or not to stay or go. And that, that is a dumb thing to do. If you're going to say divorce, have the attorney and be ready to go. Don't say it when when you're just threatening each other. That's just trying to get each other's attention in a very childish way. And it, when you say bad things to each other because you're not listening, when you say those things and you say those tough words to each other and you name call and you, and you do all kinds of stupid stuff, that's what's going to be remembered when all you were trying to do is get your partner's attention. So if you're going to escalate, the best thing you could possibly do is take a time out. Time out. Let's be adults. Half hour, 45 minutes. If you're 50, 50 minutes. If you're 60, an hour. One minute for every year of your lives. Take that break and call a time back. Do not call a time out without calling a time back. That's what you need to do to get back to your adult self and even tell each other, let's come back, let's calm down, let's do a better job listening. So we'll take a break and we'll come back and we're going to do this again. Okay? Time out. Seven o'clock, we're coming back at eight. You know, it's a major, you got to understand, marriage is a huge investment, emotionally, physically. It is a gigantic commitment. And when you have children, it's even a greater commitment. And you have to understand, if you're going to bring kids in this world, and then you're going to file for divorce, you're going to blow their life apart. They're, suddenly, they, 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 what they had financially to live by and what they had to eat and what they had to go to school and do activities is cut in half. It's cut in half. It's ridiculous what we do to our kids. If you hit them in a developmental stage before 10 years old, what you're going to find is their life's going to crash developmentally. They're going to fall back. They're going to first try to get negative attention, which is better than no attention. So they'll get negative attention, start doing negative things to get their parents to start focusing on them rather than to focus on the, the, the two adults taking actual accountability for their behaviors. The other thing that, that happens is developmentally they fall behind because they're trying to form their individuality. That means they have to be focused on other kids to be able to borrow the things that other kids are trying, music, clothes, whatever, because they're forming their personality. They're sampling. Kids stop doing that when parents get divorced. And if they're hitting that developmental stage, they can't experiment because mom and dad don't have any money. And so they're, all of a sudden their resources go away. And then people get angry, get in the divorce. They start throwing accusations at each other. They get two attorneys that get them all riled up. And then they spend 100000 in court. And guess what happens? No college for your kids. 
stupid. But that's what people do because they want to use the courts to validate when the courts only follow formulas. Ultimately, that's probably 90% of every divorce is a formula. It's not your arguments. It's not your made-up lies about each other. It's it's amazing that people will do that to their life. You know, um, if you want to feel like you and your partner have seriously drifted apart, there's ways to work your problems and feel close again. You have to be willing and have the will to put the hard work in because anything hard makes your life easier. You know, if, if you want to take steps, you have to understand marriage is a huge investment. And it can be tough to know for sure whether it's time to cut your losses. You know, if you're facing serial infidelity or physical and emotional abuse, yeah, you probably want to get out of that. You know, most experts recommend making a, a legitimate effort to salvage the relationship before calling it quits, unless it's a dangerous situation to you and your children. You know, most people do make an emotional decision, I want a divorce, and then they regret it later because they made an impulsive emotional decision. Big decisions are never well made when you're emotional, ever, 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 never. There's always regret. You know, it, it can also, uh, 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 you know, the other thing is we start avoiding taking an honest look at ourselves. You know, aside from your current situation, has your relationship been good? How did you contribute to the problem? What did you do? You know, can you figure that one out instead of taking a victim stance? That would be nice. You know, it's nice to go through cycles of good and bad times. So, you know, maybe you hit a rough patch. You know, falling in love, we fall in and out of love in a marriage all the time. It happens, you know. But if you go to apathy, that's where the problem is. I don't care. I just don't feel anything, you know, and when you go into that state, especially people that have affairs, you can always tell they're having an affair, you know, I just don't love you anymore. I don't want you. Anymore. You know, that's because they've got a backup. They got somebody else filling their needs. So they go to apathy for you because they're feeling the honeymoon phase for the other. It's kind of sad. You know, it's it's really just a matter. And by the way, affairs, emotional affairs are even worse. Emotional affairs are worse because emotional affairs, people will go to all kinds of uh, bounds and, and all kinds of places just to keep that relationship together. So how do you save your marriage? You have to decide you want to do it. You will save your marriage. You also need to have faith. Faith leads to trust. So I have faith we're going to get through this. I have faith that you're going to feel better. I have faith that you're going to come around. Faith, 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 the bridge to trust. You know, the other thing is you make the first move to save the marriage. Don't be a prideful, stubborn person. Your whole life's at stake here. Your whole future's at stake. Let's think about it. Make the first move. It feel like if it feels like things have gotten bad and you want to fix them, do something about it. It's easy for struggling couples to get caught up in the you-go-first game. That comes from all those resentments that we have for not even hearing each other. You know, if you're wanting your spouse and you're increasing your likelihood that absolutely nothing will change, you've got to step up and try, and not try, will make something work. Take a look at yourself first, not blaming your partner. That's what you need to begin doing. You know, I know I've done this, I know I've done that, and I know how this is, must have hurt you. And I know how this, when I said this, that hurt you. 
So now we begin identifying our damage that we have done in the marriage. The other thing is we want to not talk as much, but we want to be a really good listener. You know, your feelings and your perspective are important, but if you spend all your time on yourself, you'll never understand where your spouse is coming from. So when they talk, stop thinking about what you'll say next. Why don't you just listen? Why don't you have empathy, some compassion? Can you do that even though you hate them? You know, I always I always feel encouraged when people hate each other because if you hate each other, you must love each other because there's so much energy involved in hate. Once again, it's apathy. Apathy is the scary place. You know, check your tone. You know, name calling, talking in a way that's mean, condescending, you know, automatically puts people in a defensive mode. And oftentimes people who are parenting are ones that do that. They think they are superior. And then they shut their partner down by talking to them like a child. You know, that's not cool. You know, if you go flat and straight, talk to your emotions. You know, I'm upset about this. I've been thinking about, you know, we're headed for this bad situation. We've got to find a way to resolve this. I'm really sad that we've wasted so much time not not really hearing each other, being mad at each other. It's such a waste of time. You know, it's flat and straight. You don't have to do conflict like a Broadway production. Also, we want to stop the negative self-talk. You know, it's easy to get in the habit of bashing your spouse, even if you pretend everything's fine. But, you know, oftentimes when you're bashing your spouse, you're actually projecting on them what you hate about your own self, maybe you ought to listen to the words you say because you're actually indicating where you're probably weak. The truth is people that accuse people of having an affair are thinking about having an affair themselves. You know, the other thing is to show kindness, even when you don't feel like it. Little gestures can go a long way. This is where love languages come in. You know, if being together is a love language, honor that for your partner. Giving gifts, honor your partner for that. You know, if that's what fills their tank, you know, validation, being, you know, uh, giving compliments about the things that they've done. That's a very powerful thing. It'd be nice if you were that way your whole marriage all the time, if that's what fills your partner's tank. If you don't know your partner's love language, you need to learn your partner's love language, whether you're good at it or not good at it. You can't sit on your butt and not do anything. If you're going to be married, if you're going to be with this person for the rest of your life, if they're going to be your legacy. If they're the one that's going to uh, bury you, if they're the one that's going to carry your memories forward, and memories are emotional memories, are the memories that we remember. And if you're a non-emotional, logic-based person, you're just sitting around coping with life. You're not living life. If you want to live life, you got to be emotional, and you got to be humble, and you got to want a relationship, and you have to compromise. And you can't be selfish. So, you know, if, if we're going to look into this, this, these love languages, we want to fill that tank. If you begin filling that tank, people do a lot better. The other thing is, if you hit a point when you're not even hearing each other and you don't even know what you're doing and things are getting worse rather than better, maybe you ought to seek an expert, a marriage family therapist who can assist you and who studied how to be married who understands how to be married and can teach you how to be married so that you can learn how to communicate in a better way. The next thing is to, to offer patience. You know, patience helps you grow as a person. You know, if, if a problem is serious enough to make you consider divorce, it's not going to go away overnight. It takes time 
to change damaging habits. Marriage is a process. It's not an outcome. It's a process, and you have to continuously invest in it. And just because you're in a down spot here doesn't mean you're not going to be. This doesn't mean you're going to be in a down spot down the road. So we have to put the work into marriage. And there's signs also that a marriage can't be saved, you know, uh, and it can break your heart. But if the relationship is toxic, that can really create a bad situation. You know, borderlines, narcissists, antisocial personalities. These folks are a wrecking ball in marriage. Codependence. Codependents love the narcissist, the antisocial. <laughs> they love the borderline personalities because they want to save them. And the, 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 the narcissist wants them to do everything for them and blame them and gaslight them to make sure that they believe that everything the codependent is doing is wrong. You know, there's a book called Codependent No More. Be very helpful to read that if you're a codependent. Uh, it might save your life. You know, signs your marriage can't be saved are very obvious. You know, there's absolute deal, deal breakers like abuse. However, there are other signs that are not so clear. You know, if you've lost yourself in a marriage, meaning you don't even know who you are anymore, you've lost your joy, you've lost your happiness, that means you're trying to let your partner fill your tank and make you happy. If you want to live and be peaceful, which happy is a really crappy goal because happy is really hard to do all the time, you want to be peaceful. If you can be peaceful, you have access to all of your emotions. But the bottom line is your partner is not responsible to make you fill that hole in you. You are responsible to fill the hole in you. And you need to do whatever it takes to fill the hole in you. You know, if you look at divorce, it is hard. It's harder and more painful to live disconnected and disengaged emotionally from your partner and your children. Indeed, the toll negative relationships take on physical health can be enormous. And some research suggests that chronically negative or abusive relationships can even shorten your lifespan. So abuse, you know, it's likely abuse is likely unsalvageable and it needs to end. It's never acceptable. No one deserves it or should have to live with it. It's important to seek support if you're dealing with the abuse of your marriage. If you're a loved one or a victim of domestic violence, you might want to contact the National Domestic Violence Hotline. And that's 1-800-799-7233. You know, keep in mind that abuse is not always physical. It can come from other forms like emotional abuse, verbal abuse. Also, lack of affection or intimacy. While couples go through periods of more or less intimacy throughout marriage, a sexless marriage could be a sign that there's underlying issues that need to be resolved. Also, bigamy. If your partner led you to believe you two were the only people in your marriage and they would now want to be polyamorous or whatever, they want to have a secret life, then you find out it's not the case. You've been deceived and understandably you'd be alarmed. On top of that, bigamy is illegal. And so the bottom line is there are people out there with secret lives. Now that we have the Internet, social media, people hide behind that create opportunities for themselves. Some people will even go state to state to state marrying different people. Also, if, if you find out that your partner is a criminal, you know, find out that they have a criminal background can be challenging to get past, especially if the crime is very severe. Not only is there a sense of trust that's been uprooted, but you may even question if you know your partner as well as you thought you did. Now, when we're talking about affairs, emotion or physical, the bottom line is oftentimes affairs can be 
sometimes, if they're not a serial affair people, a symptom that there is something wrong with the marriage and there needs to be some healing. And the marriage needs to step into the place that the affair has taken. Affairs cost enormous damage, but they can be saved if the partner is not a serial uh, person doing affairs. You know, also, people that constantly criticize, that is toxic. If they're always putting you down, you know, this could be bad for your health. And the problem is they're putting you down because that's what they think of themselves. That's what they actually think of themselves. But they'd rather project it on you so they don't have to take accountability for their own insecurities. Also, untreated addiction can be extremely difficult on a relationship if someone won't seek treatment. And so, you know, the addiction may also contribute to job loss, impact finances, be the root of more arguments between people. This can be a very destructive thing. Also, people that shift priorities. At one point, you may have wanted children or to move to, to another place. Uh, but now you've uh, one of you's changed your mind. So you may be at an impasse because you dreamed together, you decided, you made plans, and then one of you chickened out. You know, infidelity also can be extremely difficult to experience. Cheating has been shown to oftentimes lead to divorce or separation. It doesn't always mean that it will, but it's important to consider that cheating is a direct hit on your marriage. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back, and we're going to talk more about what we can do to save the marriage. Come back. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Unravel the mysteries of metaphysics every week on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Join host Barb Crowley as she and her insightful guest share what's been learned behind the veil, going just beyond our five senses. Now you can see things with an entirely different point of view. Tune in for Metaphysics, a view through the veil, broadcasting live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Use it to explore your advantage and deeper understanding. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You 
are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. All right, we're talking about how to save your marriage. Can it be saved? You know, there's some uh, some overwhelming things that can cause problems. You know, when your partner is going to try you and push you and push you to do by doing negative things like financial problems, you know, perhaps they brought in a significant debt into the relationship and they weren't upfront about it and now they overspend. Either way, financial worries can create serious conflict in a marriage because finances is how we survive. And if we don't have a good concept of finances, we don't have a good concept of how to live our life. We need to get on the same page financially and we need to take it very seriously in marriage. If you don't do that, you have a tendency to live paycheck to paycheck. And when people live paycheck to paycheck, guess what? They're at their worst because they're living like a teenager and they're an adult. And so, you know, people that uh, save maybe three months worth of bills and have that in the bank are a lot better off thought-wise because they have a cushion than people that just spend, 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 and they just don't care. That's, my friends, a suicidal lifestyle in many ways. If you're going to be that fragile that you spend, 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 and debt, 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 uh, what's going to happen is your life eventually is going to bust when something big happens, like the car breaks down, uh, you know, accident, whatever, house fire. If you're not prepared, you know, the people that are not prepared are going to suffer, 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 and a lot of people don't. A lot of people want to enjoy the moment, but they don't want to invest in their life. Also, the inability to compromise is another toxic ingredient. You know, compromising is essential in a healthy relationship. If your marriage is completely one-sided and your partner struggles to meet you in the middle, that's a toxic relationship. You need to understand that you've got to set boundaries, that I need some respect here. I need to be a part of this. You know, the best, the people that are married 50 years or something, more than that, are the ones that are saying, you know, I saw you looking at this person down the street and I uh, think you're interested in them. And if that's going to keep going, we're done. That's boundaries, folks. You need to set them. You need to set boundaries. I will put up with this or I won't put up with this. The other problem is nagging each other about the bad thing is not a good thing. It, it's a terrible thing. And that will continue. You want to always be looking for forgiveness. Always, always looking for forgiveness. You know, it's a difficult and heavy choice to to jump out of a marriage. But when you're fighting a losing battle, you're trapped, you're powerless. That can ultimately cause you harm. And you have to wonder, what are my kids seeing? If you have children, you have to wonder, what are they picking up from this? Is this the model of marriage that I want our children to see? You know, sometimes kids will do what their parents do. (laughs) People that divorce, oftentimes their kids get divorced. Why? Because they had terrible role model. You know, a piece of advice, I believe, me personally, on how to save your marriage is to seek help early instead of waiting for contempt and criticism and disrespect and resentment, defensiveness 
stonewalling to become a part of a relationship. There's something you could do. It's called prepare and enrich. And I advise this for people that are pre-married uh, to do it. It's it, preparing and enrich is a work, basically a, an assessment. It's taken by both parties independently on what they feel about their relationship and what are their fears and what are their concerns. It covers every area of a marriage, every major area. And so what's important to understand is doing prepare and enrich, you want to do that with a therapist or a, a minister who can take you through that. And so what basically happens is we're able to understand our differences and now have conversations about how to resolve. That is very productive. Now, if you're already married, Preparing and Rich has an assessment for you to tune up the marriage. And so that is a very good thing. These, these assessments, they cost $35 for a couple, but they are very worth it. You just need to find someone that does them, and then you want to be put in the system, and then you will be emailed the assessment and then you can take it. You know, you have to look at the early stages of a relationship when issues come up. If you sweep those issues under the carpet and then you you need to get into counseling, you know, before you get married. Look at marriage no different than acquiring an education, you know, a skill set for employment. It takes work, it takes daily work for harmony, joy, and peace. Love and trust are vital components to the foundation of a marriage. The love comes from empathy and compassion for each other, and trust comes from attacking trust issues viciously by both people to get rid of them as quickly as possible in order to eliminate conflict. The another thing is, if you're a woman, don't bring a man in your life that your husband hasn't agreed to. If you're a man, don't bring a woman in your life that your wife hasn't agreed to. You guys have to agree on the people that you will socialize and be comfortable with. If, if you as a man are gonna bring some flirtatious woman into your life as a friend, guess what? You're gonna destroy your marriage because she, your wife's going to be insecure. If you're gonna stare at pornography all day long or find it in your little pockets of moments sneaking around attacking your own personal integrity, if you're going to do that kind of crap, guess what? Guess what? Your wife can't compete with that. Nobody can compete with that. And it's you're letting all these slugs that are out there get away with spending or uh, uh, charging people billions of dollars to look at people's vaginas. It's crazy that people will spend time doing that. You know, if you're going to put that kind of stuff in the middle of your marriage, yeah, you're going to create some trust issues pretty quickly. Kind of stupid if you think about the cost you're going to pay for the little pleasure you get watching somebody else as a voyeur, watching somebody else do their thing. You know, when times get tough, life being what it is, having skills to listen effectively to yourself, to your spouse, and you manage your intense negative emotions and communicate non-blaming, non-defensive ways. You say I, I, I instead of you, you, you. Can you do an I? Can you do an I? That would be a great thing. You know, 70% of the problems in a relationship are by nature perpetual and unresolved. You know, solve at least 30% of the problems that can be fixed. For the rest, you want to get help and learn how to identify your non-negotiables. You know, if your non-negotiables is discipline, get help on the discipline, you know, or get on the same page. Why would you put your children in the middle of yourself? Why would you let your children uh, get one answer from one parent and another answer from another? Guess what they're going to do? They're going to manipulate both of you, and you're going to resent them for it. 
you know, you need to put some energy and effort in the relationship, just as you did when you were dating. You know, spend 10 minutes a day together, emotionally connecting. This often helps when it comes to saving a marriage. This means no television, no phones, no video games, no children. You know, connecting may involve simply talking, sharing, having a cup of coffee, you know, whatever. But do something together. Listen to a book. You know, uh, it's, it's a great thing to spend time together. You don't have to talk. You just be together and be nice. It often produces some really good results. You know, it's a very long journey. So you have to pace yourself. You know, you, you, you're basically jogging through a marathon, but to keep it moving steadily, you, you want to invest and, and you want to take care of yourself. Um, if you're always a giver, you're going to eventually resent because takers love to take. And so there needs to be give and take. That means both of you are looking at how to fill each other's cup, how to have each other's back, how to help each other through the day, how to understand how we feel. How do you feel? What a great question. Can we bring that back up when we come and come home, as we talked about earlier? You know, you want to slow down. That would be advice to a couple who's in the brink of divorce. So many couples rush towards a breakup or divorce rather than taking time to work through their issues and see what might be possible to fix their marital problems and save the relationship. But if you're going to squat yourself on apathy and decide that I just don't feel anything, I don't feel anything. I don't have any feelings. I don't care. I don't know. You know, that kind of crap. If you're going to land there, you're going to land on a divorce. And it's going to cost you to be apathetic. And you will pay that cost. And it will indent your life. And so you need to understand, you got to have some care. You got to have some concern if you want to make a marriage work. And you got to be will or won't. I will be married. That's it. Period. And you stay there. You know, couples feel better. When they leave everything on the field before they split, you know, they, they, why would you get a divorce if you don't even know how to be married? Because all you're going to do is do the same thing in the next relationship in a different way with a different person. And so, you know, why not learn how to be married first with each other and then decide whether you want to be divorced? Learn how to be married first with each other. See if you can do it. And if you can't, then get a divorce. Why would you not try to fix your marriage and then go on and blow somebody else's life apart and then blow your finances apart again and again and again and likely other children and their lives again and again and again, your children and their lives again and again and again till eventually you have no relationship. You know, it's really funny. People that don't manage their integrity end up alone in life, alone nursing homes, nobody visiting, because they didn't manage their integrity. People that seek older, ugly people, stinky older people, because they have integrity. That is important. They have wisdom. That's important. We all need that. We need to have integrity if we want to be attractive in our elderly years. You know, it, it's often a, a lack of imagination when people are headed for divorce or feeling discouraged or finding, you know, falling short of finding new possibilities. You know, uh, the other thing is, if you got a new best friend or you got a best friend that just got divorced, guess what this other person's going to want to do? Now this, now, now, your spouse is going to want to get a divorce or somebody else is going to want to get a divorce because this other person is having sex with all these new people doing all these fun things. Well, no, it, it, gets, it runs dry. It gets empty to be all alone. 
it gets empty. It gets really very difficult when you jump into somebody else's life and they're not the right one for you after you've gotten divorced and you did that you 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 basically replaced your spouse with someone else and that was new and exciting but what it also does is if you drag your friends in that are not divorced what they have to struggle with is do I want to be divorced or not should I follow this role model of my friend you know uh it, it, you know when your partner came to your life you have something to learn from them and they have something to learn from you you know, it, it, it's simply going to attract the same issue if we get divorced and we don't work on it prior. It brings on the same problems, the same issues. So you want to stop talking about divorce. Said, put all your resources into saving your marriage. You know, get both your heart and your head and your frame of mind that says you are still fully vested and having a wonderful long-term relationship with your spouse. The other thing is if you get divorced... Your next spouse is not going to want to hear about all your memories with your partner. They're not going to have the relationship with your children that's compassionate and unconditional love. They they're, they don't want it. They want new memories with you. So now you get to divorce. Your whole past is not worth talking about. And now you have to make a life with this new partner and erase your past. And maybe even affects your, your relationship with your children in a very negative way. Because they're going to have their opinion about how you should parent too. And it's not going to be an emotional uh, desire. It's going to be simply they don't agree with you and they don't care how you torture your kid. You know, they just want to have their opinion. So the bottom line is we really need to understand that there is enormous cost in getting divorced. And if we, we choose to be married, we can often find the better parts of each other and make it work. You know, it, this is a battle for the rest of your life. You know, when you're looking at somebody to marry, you're looking at somebody who might end up burying you and who might end up carrying the legacy of your whole life ahead of you. And that's an important thing for all of us to care about. You know, when we're in a marriage, it's not about being right. It's about listening and empathy. Listening and empathy. Problem solving comes after that, not before. So men, you need to get your head on straight. You need to embrace the idea that your wife is emotional, your people in your life are emotional, and you need to begin to recognize it, validate it, and, 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 and really take advantage of the idea that this is an opportunity for me to be emotionally understood also. Very important for people to grow close to each other. You know, uh, you, you want to own what you did and say it first. You want to acknowledge the other person's thoughts or feelings, and you want to make amends and say what, say what you're going to do about it. You know, people that violate trust, it'd be a good idea to say, I don't expect you to trust me, but I want you to have faith in me. That's our show. Thanks for listening. I love hearing from you, and you can do that via our webpage, voiceamerica.com, the Empowerment Channel, Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Now remember, marriage is not just a spiritual communion. It's also remembering to take out the trash. That's Joyce Brothers. Also, behind every angry woman is a man who absolutely does not know what he did wrong. Now, if someone farts one more time, it won't be a virus that takes them. <laughs> that might be what you want to say as a parent. And listening to your wife is like reading terms and conditions on a website. You understand nothing, but you still say, I agree. 
And the five words needed for a successful marriage is, I'm sorry, it's my fault. Thanks for listening, everybody. That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Listen for Transformation for Success with Dr. Barbara Young. Her show topics cover creating lasting transformation in challenging environments and how creating change can have an impact on the success of individuals from a mind, body, and spirit perspective. It's going to be inspiring and uplifting each week. So tune in on Tuesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel and also listen on the Voice America Business and Influencers Channels. Transformation takes one step at a time. It's time. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. The Voice America Live Events Channel is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit voiceamerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a